Ah, so good, guys. So good. Well, if you're new here, what a Sunday to, for this to be your first Sunday. Welcome. Our church isn't always like this, but we have, in a sense, uh, brought our kids' ministry into our service. And so I hope you, as adults, have enjoyed getting a glimpse into seeing what our kids get to experience on uh, it, every Sunday in kids' ministry. I think we really do teach the Bible, and we really do point to Jesus and I am so grateful. And I think after watching uh, this, you're like, man, our kids' ministry teachers, they really put in some work. They do. I love it. Um, and so I hope you've enjoyed that. Now, we are going to turn in our Bibles to the book of Ruth. So if you have a Bible, uh, you're going you're gonna to want to find the book of Ruth, even if you're a kid. Be, and you're going to want to see it's right after the book of Judges and right before the book of First Samuel. And we're going to read uh, the very end of Ruth, and you heard that in the song. And we love, we love doing the song because you get to see all the way from, all the way down to Jesus, how many generations God was faithful. Uh, now, I want to ask a question before we read this text. Has anybody ever seen, I doubt it, a Marvel superhero movie? Has anybody ever seen one of those? I don't know. They're kind of an underground thing right now. Some people like them. Uh, if you've seen a Marvel superhero movie, here's what happens. The movie ends and the credits come up and do you leave at that point? No. no. What will you miss if you leave when the credits first come up? The post-credits scene. And then if you stay to the very bitter end, the post-post-credits scene, right? Uh, some people saw Spider-Man and did, was that all? When the credits came up? No. What happened at the end? Venom, right? And then at the very end, Doctor Strange 2, the evil Doctor Strange, right? There's more stuff. And so here's what happens at the end of every Marvel movie. I remember the first one with Iron Man. You see Iron Man, the Iron Man movie ends, credits end, and then what comes up? Nick Fury shows up and says, oh, I'm starting this initiative called The Avengers. And you realize all of a sudden that the movie you just watched was actually part of a huge, big, overarching story. And in the same way, that's exactly what we see at the end of the book of Ruth. It says in verse 17 that they named this child born to Ruth and Boaz Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And then it gives all the generations after. These are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Aminadab. Aminadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. What a name. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered David. That is the word of the Lord. Now, why is that there? Well, because uh, what happens at the end of Ruth, you find that, that you think that the book of Ruth is just about God's kindness and redemption to one family, to Naomi and to Ruth. And what the end of the book of Ruth does is it puts that story in context with the whole big overarching story of God's people and God's plan of redemption. And so we've talked about how Ruth, in Ruth, we've learned about the kindness of God and how the kindness of God comes through a redeemer. But the, the, the amazing thing you see at the end of Ruth is this, that God's kindness comes through a redeeming king, that this is actually a story about a king and a king that was yet to come. Now, the book before the book of Ruth is what, which book? What's the book right before Ruth? Judges. Now, 
uh, just a thumbs up or thumbs down, is Judges a positive book or a negative book? Who, who thinks it's a great book? Everybody, thumbs down, all right? How do God's people do in the book of Judges? Thumbs up or thumbs down? They do very poorly. It starts out bad, and it gets worse from there. The book of Judges is a downward spiral, and the epitaph over the whole book of Judges is, and and before I say that, God's people had moved into the promised land. God was supposed to be their king. They had no king. They were just supposed to follow the Lord. Did they do that? No. (laughs) And so there was a need for someone to come and lead God's people to follow the Lord. And here's the epitaph at the end of Judges, Judges 21 through 25. If you're at the book of Ruth, you can actually read this, Judges 21 to 25. It says, in those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes, right? So essentially what happens in Israel is everybody decides they're the king, right? If you have a little brother as a toddler, you already know this, They come out and toddlers assume they are the king or queen, right? Like we tell Anson, our two-year-old stuff all the time, no, Anson, you can't do that. And he says, no, do it, right? Like, like Anson, you can't have, you can't have that anymore. No, have it. Like, you're just like, no, you're not the king, right? That's what happens to all of us. We all assume we are the king. We're going to be in charge. And what happens when everybody decides to be in charge and not follow the Lord is it gets worse and worse and worse. And that's the backdrop to the book of Ruth. So you have this land in a sense of darkness in God's people. But what do you see in Boaz? In Boaz, you see in this one little corner of Israel in Bethlehem, and in one corner of Bethlehem, there is a place where someone good is in charge. Remember Boaz, when he shows up to his fields? He's not just doing whatever is right in his own eyes. What does he say to his workers? The Lord be with you. Meaning he's, he's saying, essentially, I'm under the authority of the Lord, and this field is going to run according to the Lord's design. He says, listen, uh, this outcast named Ruth, we don't know who, like, we don't know, we don't know where she, she's from, the Moabites. We're not going to mistreat her. We're going to bring her in. We're going to care for her. In fact, nobody is allowed to mistreat her. And he goes and he redeems uh, Naomi and Ruth, which is amazing and, and kind of shocking in that day, in that era. He does all of this. And what you see is if the whole landscape of Israel is dark in the book of Judges, there's one little corner of Israel where there's light. It's almost as though, you could say it this way, it's almost as though there is a king over one tiny corner of Israel named Boaz, and he is a good king. The people who work with him and for him, he, he, he cares for and, and does justice, uh, and he, he redeems those who need redemption. And when you contrast the book of Judges with the book of Ruth, what you should be thinking is, man, I really wish somebody could do that for all of Israel. And that's the end of the book of Judges. It's like, this guy's great-grandson is on the way. And the book of 1 Samuel, if you flip to the end of Ruth, chapter 4, 1 Samuel is all about what? It's about the rise of King David. And what David does in redemptive history is really remarkable. He, so if Boaz brings the light of God's rule and kingship to one little corner of one little city, David takes that light and expands it to the whole nation of Israel. 
Finally, the Lord, the, there, there is a person, and you read the Psalms, his songs to the Lord. There's a person who loves the Lord, who wants to serve the Lord, who's willing to do, to even sacrifice himself almost at one point to face a giant and, and, and serve the Lord by almost dying. This, this David extends the rule of God and the kingship of God to the land of Israel. And you think, yes, and God gives him a promise. Somebody from your line, David, will stay on the throne forever. And you're like, this is it. And he's going to fulfill the promise to Abraham to, you know, to, to, through him, all the nations of the world will be blessed and fulfill the promise given to Adam that somebody will come from his line and crush the head of the serpent. And you're like, this is it. It's David. He's extending the rule of God everywhere until he doesn't. Right At the very end, what you see is David, well, he commits adultery, he murders someone. He, I mean, really, you see like, oh, this is, and you realize that the darkness in humanity extends even to the best human king. He could extend the rule of God to the whole nation, but he couldn't extend it all the way in his heart. And so we need another ruler. And that's a, the song that John sang. There were generations after generations after generations where they waited and waited and waited. Will anybody ever fulfill God's promise to David? Will anyone ever fulfill God's promise to Abraham? Or is it over? And that's the end of the book of Ruth. Now, if the book of Ruth was a movie, this would be my post-credits scene, right? The post credit scene, the first one would be the book of Ruth ends and Boaz and Obed, you know, and, and Ruth and Naomi are all there and the whole town is singing and dancing and it's a beautiful holiday thing and snow falls at the end and then the credits roll and then you see the second, the post credit sequence is another child born in Bethlehem and his name is David and you begin to see, you know, this, this shepherd staff maybe behind him and you're like, oh, another king is coming and then more credits roll and at the very, very, very end of the scene, there's another child born in Bethlehem. And if I was shooting it, this is the way I would do it. There'd be the manger. There'd be Bethlehem. And then you pan up, and then the sky's over Bethlehem, what? The sky explodes with angels announcing the birth of the heavenly king, Jesus. And it, with Jesus, here's what we're meant to see. That Jesus is the one. If, if Boaz takes the, the rule of God to a corner of Israel, and David takes the rule of God to all of Israel, but just a corner of the world, Jesus, the king of all kings, is going to take the rule of God, not just to one city, not just to one nation, but to the entire world and to all generations. And so what we celebrate on Christmas is that the redeeming king, the kindness of God in human form has come to earth. That the one we've longed for, the one that, that lived perfectly and is never going to mess up like David, has finally come. And what happens? He, the rule of God extends to each and every human heart that decides to follow Jesus. Look, this right here, guys, this right here is an outpost of the kingdom of God in the world today. And since Jesus, in town after town and nation after nation, the, the rule of God, the, the kingdom of God, in a sense, has spread in heart after heart, in gathering after gathering of local churches, and that's Advent. And yet, like Bobby was describing, we're in between the presence of Jesus and the big present we long for at the end of time. Because what's going to happen? What, is, is this story over? No. What are we still waiting for, church? What are we still waiting for? The return of the king. 
And so every Christmas we gather, we celebrate, we celebrate that we have this amazing gift of Jesus that has come to earth, and yet we long for him to come back. We long for the day that the kingdom of God will be over each and every square inch of the universe where the, the, the rule and reign of God, God will be acknowledged everywhere. Every knee will bow before the Lord. We long for that, amen? So as we celebrate the day after Christmas, here's my encouragement. First, come to the kingdom. If you don't know the king, if you're still doing what's right in your own eyes, the book of Judges shows you where that ends. It's just a downward spiral, and it ends in profound unhappiness and in the judgment of God hanging over you. But there is a better way. Come to the king. Come to the kingdom. If you in the book of Ruth have seen a good redeemer, Jesus is even better. He will do that for you in your life. So come to the king today. This Christmas could be the Christmas that you come to the king. And for the rest of us that have already come to the king, in this next year, here is our mission, guys, to, to, the, to bring the rule and reign of Christ in our hearts, that the kingdom of God and the outpost of the kingdom of God in the city of El Paso in the year of our Lord, 2022, that we would be a faithful glimpse of what it's like to live under the rule and reign of King Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, let's stand, and we're going to end by singing about the kingship of God being extended. Lord, we are so grateful for uh, the gift of Jesus. We're so grateful, God, that a king has truly come, a king full of kindness, a king full of mercy, a king who extends and invites his reign and rule to, to those outside of the kingdom to be gathered in. Lord, we are so grateful that people like us, people like the Moabite, Ruth, people like the far-off wise men who are invited to Jesus' birth. God, the, the, the people far off have been brought in to the king and the kingdom. And Lord, I pray uh, for anyone who doesn't know King Jesus, God, that they would come to know him as king today, that they would see in him a redeemer who could pay for their sins and bring them new life. Lord, I pray also for all of us as we look to the next year, Lord, that we would look to the next year with hope and anticipation, God, that maybe this year, maybe this is the year the king will return. We do not know. But until he does return, God, help us to live faithfully, live under the rule and kingship of Jesus, to be a, a Boaz in our town, as it were, that where we have influence, where we have ability, that things would be just, that, that we would be act full of kindness, that we would bring the outsider in and care for the weak, that we would do it all as a representation, as a glimpse, as a pointer, just like Boaz is, a pointer to the King of Kings that has come and will come again. And so now we sing, the Lord is come, let earth receive her King. Amen. Amen.